The customer journey is so unpredictable and so multifaceted that there is no sort of set customer journey. So the idea is if you think about it as an ecosystem, you can get on or off at any place. Welcome to the 10K Collective podcast for six, seven and eight figure Amazon and e-commerce sellers, part of the amazing FBA podcast family. If you want to scale fast, target a seven-figure exit and enjoy the process, then keep listening. Today's sponsor is Eva, the best AI repricer for Amazon profits. Private label sellers, are you wasting your cash? Eva reprices your products for you and the result is up to 50% more profits. Eva serves hundreds of seven-figure sellers in the USA and is now out for British and European sellers as well. For a 15-day free trial, go to amazingfba.com forward slash Eva. That's amazingfba.com forward slash E-V-A. Ladles and jealous beans, boys and girls, welcome to the 10 K Collective Podcast, the place to be for six, seven, and eight-figure Amazon sellers. We keep broadening it to e-commerce sellers, but actually the truth is, we're retailers who happen to specialize in online selling. And I say that because today's guest is Paul Brooks of Retail Outside In. And the truth is that e-commerce is a subset of retail. And most of us have kind of just thought of ourselves as rather special people in e-commerce. But of course, that's not quite how it works in the real world. And so, Paul, very important message you're bringing us today. Warm welcome to the show. Thanks so much for coming on. Thank you very much for having me. I'm excited to be here. And yeah. uh, explain and, and talk about retail, my favorite subject. Excellent. So, Paul, where are you coming to us from in the world today? I'm just outside uh, London from a place called Northwood. Excellent. So, London, obviously a big retail destination physically, traditionally. COVID's hit hard. We're now kind of quasi maybe post-COVID in November 2021. We'll see what happens next. So, interesting time to be discussing the relationship between bricks and mortar online and the whole retail space. So, um, First question is retail outside in. Just tell us very quickly what it is you do first to give us a flavor of who's who's talking to us. Yeah. So, I mean, retail outside in, or we call it ROI even, it's an online subscription service for retailers. It offers access to retail experts from a like-minded community, and it gives them a, basically an opportunity to upskill, to, be, to prepare, and to be part of what we call the retail revolution, which hopefully we're going to talk more about. Absolutely, up. yeah. And I'm a big fan of, of being able to mix expert guidance and, and being part of a community of people on the same sort of journey, because we do a lot of both things here with us, the mastermind we run. We literally just had a meeting in London a couple of days ago, and then we obviously bring a lot of experts like yourself on the podcast. So it sounds like a great blend. So the first, this episode, we're going to talk about brick and mortar and online retail revolution, as you call it, or the fact that they're no longer entirely separate worlds. So what does it even matter? Isn't brick and mortar just dead, especially after COVID? Isn't it all e-commerce? Why, why are we even talking about this? Yeah, I mean, I think bigger picture, it clearly isn't. It isn't dead. What's dead is the old model. So if you if you want to put it in a in a, from 30,000 feet or from big picture, the way that I put it is the industrial model is dead. So the new digital model, which we have been pulled kicking and screaming to, is alive and kicking. And it's when, when I say the digital model, the digital model could be e-commerce, it could be physical, with, with a platform, using technology, it could be anything. Because if you think about it, and this is the easy way to understand 
that whereas in the past, what I would call the customer journey was very predictable. So you'd go shopping with your mum and with your dad, or not with your dad, but with your mum. You'd go to a shop, you'd see something you'd like, and you'd buy it and take it home with you. Now, these days, a customer journey could could be anything. It could start that way. You could actually go into a, a physical shop, see something, but then you could go back, have a look online, do some research, have a look at similar products. And then actually you might go back to the store and you might go and buy it from the store because you might want to try it on. Or you might then buy it online, wait for it to come home, try it on at home or use it at home and then send it back. Or you might even use click and collect. You know, the customer journey is so unpredictable and so and so multifaceted that there is no sort of set customer journey. So the idea is if you think about it as an ecosystem, you can get on or off at any place. And that is the, if you like, that's the dilemma of retail these days. So therefore, if someone says to me, or if I read, as I do most days, someone saying, whether it's in the press, you know, physical retail is dead or e-commerce is what, you know, e-commerce is what is everything. I don't agree I don't agree with that statement because physical retail, retail is is an is an ecosystem and it's where you get on and where you get off. Physical physical retail is just one of those places where you may get on or get off. Interesting. Yeah, I like that. Uh, and that mirrors some of my buying behaviours. I tend to be more of an online buyer. And I guess this, again, comes down to the whole differentiation between customer avatars and their behaviours, right? So I'm a bloke and I, typical bloke, I don't like shopping. Well, typical straight bloke, as I'm going to be more precise as well. Whereas, you know, a lot of my gay friends, uh, some of my female friends love shopping in person. For them, shopping is a leisure activity. For me, it's something I just want to get done, which is why I love Amazon as I go click, 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 and it's out of the way. So you're absolutely right. And then different types of products, obviously clothing, uh, I would tend to go and shop for certain categories like shoes in person because I happen to have awkward feet, or at least my perception in my mind is that. Whereas if you're a, a German who loves online shopping, you'll buy 10 different pairs of shoes and return eight of them. I always feel very sorry for people who sell apparel in Germany, right? So yeah, you're, you're absolutely bang on. And the interesting thing also, the, the hint is that the bigger players like Amazon, that's in a way, in the broader sense, you could say is competing with Walmart and has been for 25 years in some form, right? In the re- broader retail space, although it's quotes won the online game, at least for now, but they are opening physical stores and, and they're just starting to creep into London, aren't they? I've just seen a couple down the road. So what, what do you think is behind? I mean, this is a bit speculative and I know you're not necessarily you know, as narrowly Amazon focused as some of us are, but what's your thinking behind the big players move into physical retail, do you think? Well, I think it says everything. I think what it says is it, it, it kind of mirrors exactly what I was saying just now because, well, in fact, actually, if you look at the other big, sorry to, to to jump into something else, but it is very much connected. If you look at Alibaba, who are the, if you say they're the Chinese Amazon, they are huge. The Chinese are, the Chinese market is probably five years in front of us at the moment in terms of, of retail. But if you look where they're spending all their money, they're spending all their money in physical retail. Why are they spending their money in physical retail? Because if you think about it, you you just, you made a very interesting comment about your fee. Okay, you, it, it, the, the whole point about physical retail is it's emotive. So why is it emotive? Because when you go into a store, it's five senses. Okay, now if you think about 
being online and and like as you say shopping on amazon is a great example how many senses is that engaging so it's engaging it it, it certainly it's it's two dimensional yeah so it's it's engaging certainly your senses but it's not it's not engaging smell it's not in, engaging what i would say connect, kinetic because you know we although we don't know it we get the feel of a brand when we when when you know very very quickly when we get the five senses engage we know what we like that's how we that's how we find our loyalty and that's what amazon is aware of they're aware of they're going to catch you they're going to catch you all your five senses but what they're going to do as well and if you go i don't know if you've been into the amazon i think it's called fresh and go or they have got hairdressers that they're trialing at the moment but their main thing is fresh and go which is copying the alibaba hippo stores as well the what what they do is they bring you in there and obviously they engage your five senses but they also use everywhere qr code and the qr codes what they do is there so while while they the the experience is an immersive experience so if you're going to pick up an apple for instance that app you you hit the qr code with you it's going to tell you where it was picked when it was picked what type of apple it is perhaps it might even tell you about what its credentials are in terms of its ethical credentials all those things will 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 capture you now the other thing that it does is it it mirrors the experience on amazon so what does it do so for instance this we can carry on talking about our apple but let's just say you take your apples so uh, sorry you walk into the store as you walk into the store automatically it will recognize your phone and it amazon will recognize your phone and it will your account will come up and as you take things off the shelf it will register those in your shopping basket okay as well as you having the ability to to sort of find out more information about them then you pack it away you put it in in the bag yourself and then you just walk out the store and it will charge to your phone automatically so that's doing two things so the first thing as we as i spoke about at the beginning it's an immersive experience and it and it's create and it's giving you it's using technology but it's appealing to what's important to to people to people now which is obviously knowledge and um, information and then what it's then what it's doing it's giving you the convenience which so it's it's mirroring that experience um, and it's it's mirroring that sorry the one click experience or the convenience of amazon and then you're walking out so you don't even have to spend your time at, at, at a checkout so that's why you know physical is so important but what we're doing is we're now as i say we're in that digital age where we're mirroring the experience that amazon is giving you because they are well aware that the experience on online is very two dimensional very interesting yeah and i suppose um, when you start thinking i suppose what what i've been falling into i've realized when we were when you were talking just now the sort of product focused trap which is to say if you sell stuff online you think in terms of e-commerce because that's all you're offering whereas if you are a customer you think in terms of the customer experience then obviously the experience is the word you keep coming back to in the physical you know differences between seeing something and scrolling and and touching it and smelling it uh, particularly with food i guess smell is obviously an incredibly important sense i mean taste you kind of hope people aren't picking up the apples and eating them but you could at least offer people bite-sized samples of chocolate that's the most common thing in the world in a retail store right which you can't do online and the other thing is striking me about my own buying habits i'm a very kinesthetic person i suppose like i used to be a conductor and you know i still play the piano so i'm very hands-on and and literally some things i'd want to pick it up and feel the weight of the product rather than look at it and think that looks good i'd want to pick it up and think oh that's not 
nice and hefty. You know, that feels solid. That business loss is going to last for 10 years. And that's very hard to replicate online. You can, you have to try and do your best, but it's very, very interesting points from the experiential sort of point of view. So if we sort of zoom um, in a little bit more than the 60,000 foot view, like if you are, if, you know, most sellers, most people listening will be, I think nearly all will be uh, online sellers or aspiring to be. A few might have the odd physical location, but if I'm going to start to look into setting up a physical location for myself and, and get a sort of bit of a taste of this, but I'm basically, I think of myself as an e-commerce seller, where do I even start with that whole? Well, there, one of the, going back to right at the beginning when we were talking about physical retail and we were talking about how that old model doesn't work anymore. There's lots of reasons why that doesn't work anymore because what happens is, is only the strong survive or only the, the it's very, very difficult for independent retailers to, to actually have a go and actually start something. But the exciting thing about what's happened going forward now, I'm not minimizing the pain that has surrounded this okay because we all know you i know take debenhams take top shop thousands and thousands of people have been made redundant with these big chains going bust but the point is you know if you think about a i'm i'm sorry to use this um analogy if you think about forest fire you know the forest fires happened or it's happening and obviously new shoots have come and what will what will come is a resurgence of independent retailers. So what I would say are typically direct-to-consumer businesses that can be given that opportunity. So then reacting and and answering your question, how does that happen? Well, there are a lot of what what they call, there are a lot of opportunities starting now. The market is called, they call them pop-up stores. Okay, so the idea of pop-up stores is risk is minimal. So what you get the chance to, if you like, test a physical, physical location. And why is that good? Because number one, you get your message out perhaps in a different place. So maybe, maybe, you know, you go to London and I think there's a company called Appear here, Appear here have, have pop-up stores. You try it out in London. So it's giving your brand also a little bit of a, of a, a physical kind of opportunity out there. And, and of course, it's giving you the opportunity to sell stuff as well. And it gives you that taste of physical retail. And going back to what we're saying, physical retail gets those, when they come in, when the clients come in, they they taste and and feel your brand for the first time. So it's a great way of doing it because it minimizes risk. These big big retailers and these models that don't work anymore, why don't they work? Because who's going to sign a a 25-year lease? You know, how are you going to afford that? As, a, as an independent retailer, you, you won't afford it. But then if you, again, you flip it onto the client, I don't want to be in Melbourne and go into a top shop in Melbourne and come into London and see the same stuff. I don't want that anymore. And I don't think, I don't think you know, certainly millennials and, and Gen Zs and, and, and I, I just don't think customers really, really want that anymore. What they want is they don't want to be bored. They they want to if they're gonna if they're gonna come in and, and physically shop they want to see brands they haven't seen before they want to see people they, they want to see people who are gonna talk to them about their exciting new brand or their new collection or their new you know like you were saying it, it, it could be anything it could be anything new so 
I think there are going to be a huge amount of opportunities for brands to do that. Now, relevant to that is we are looking at, in the very, very near future, working on what I call a basic digital marketplace. What's a digital marketplace? It's very, very similar to what I'm talking about. It's a chance to pop up, okay? So, in, but instead of a single store, it's within maybe 20, 30 brands in a space. And so that might be curating them as health and beauty. It might be curating them as several different. So it might be men's wear, women's wear, tech, technology. And, and the whole point is, and I think Westminster are doing this as well, um, there are a lot of empty spaces out there and there are a lot of landlords that want to give retailers that opportunity. So, for instance, we will be part of a group called Neighbourhood who will bring that who will bring that service. So we've got our first property that's going to open in London, probably not until after Christmas because of the risk of possible lockdown or you know just just to sort of make one hundred percent sure that there's there's nothing happens before if something happens before then, um, you know we're not affected. But, but that's where the opportunities are, are going to come. And I think that, that what we're going to see is a, is, a, is a retail renaissance and it's going to be led and it's going to be pushed by D2C brands that are testing in pop-up stores where the risk is being shared with the landlord or a platform to, to bring their, their goods physically to people who are, who are coming in shopping. So what yeah. that does is drive, it will drive people again to, to retail. Looking to increase your online sales? Join Ecom Events at one of their four events throughout the USA. Miami in January, San Diego in March, Minneapolis in July, and New York City in October. The conference offers learning, tips, and tools needed to increase your sales, networking, food and refreshments, prize drawing, and lots of fun for all seller levels. Head on over to www.e-comevents.com and register today with promo code AMAZINGFBA to save $50 off your ticket cost. A few reflections and thoughts on it and be interested in your reactions here. The, the first one is in the UK, maybe more than anywhere else whose statistics I know, I think that the re- online as a percentage of retail reached like 37% and it's now about 25%. That's in November 2021. And obviously there's a, another lockdown, which may be on the cars. The, the government in the typical British way is yeah. plan B that they don't ever like to admit they're going to lock down, but based on the behavior, they probably will. So you can only go bypass behavior in terms of predictive future, right? But whatever it is. Okay. So that says to me that that the whole pitch of e-commerce has been, oh, retail's big, especially in America, and it's growing by 10% a year, and it's done that pretty steadily. But that may be true in America, which is a big old place with a lot of conservative shoppers, but Britain's a small island with digital penetration, it seems. And so almost what it seems to me is, if all I've been able to do is shop online for a year and go nuts in 2020, going to the retail physical space is almost the novel thing. The norm has become the online, and, and the novelty is now shifting over to retail, I think. In the UK, I mean, what first of all is this something you think is right, or is this just kind of in my own head? It's just striking no, me. No, I don't no, know if it's true. No, you're absolutely right. You know why? Because we're human beings, and you know our natural, you know our natural thing is not to sit at home, you know, on a on, on a laptop all day. Now, yes, we're on a laptop all day, but we're physical, um, social creatures. We need to get we you know we need to go out and and be sociable however 
you know, big underline, big inverted commas. Now we need a, a good reason to go there. So, so what I'm trying to say is we will want to always go shopping physically. However, as we can see from everything that's surrounded retail, we're not going to, you're not going to get away with it anymore. You know, you're not going to get away with going to a white box with a sea of, you know, denim that all looks the same. We're not going to do that anymore because I know, I know me, you know, and I love, I've spent my life in retail and I love retail and I love fashion and I, and I, and I love going, I love going shopping, but I will not go into a store that is just, as I said, a white box full of, full of the same thing that looks like the shop next door, full of the same thing. You know, I, I always used to quote Oxford Street as a sea of denim, you know, walking down Oxford, looking Oxford Street, looking for denim. You know, yeah. that's just not, that, that's just not going to happen anymore. So when yeah. people go shopping or when they go and they want to partake in physical retail, they're going to need a, a, a good reason to do that. And then what that, you know, one of the, the sort of side things on top of that is to drive footfall. It won't just be about shopping. Again, we're human beings. There'll be a mixture of leisure. There'll be a mixture of entertainment. And when I say entertainment, I don't mean someone tap dancing and, and uh, singing songs. I mean, you know, they may be product launches. They may be local art exhibitions. There may be, you know, local artisans who are having a little bit of a, a you know, a little bit of a trial to to show their brands off. So entertainment, leisure, uh, retail, it's not a new idea. It's, as you said right at the beginning, Michael, it's, it's a marketplace. That's what we love. And that is why physical retail will never, ever die. But what it will do is it will shed its skin like it's shedding its skin at the moment. Yeah. And, and what, what's going to be... What, what's going to be left is something extremely exciting and something that's going to put us, the consumer, in the middle. Yeah, I love this. Very exciting. You're making me think about it in a very different way. And as soon as you say it, this is a market talking to an expert. As soon as they say something, you go, oh, yeah, it's kind of obvious, but I hadn't thought of that on my own, which is always great value. So a couple of thoughts. I mean, you're talking about the ecosystem and the forest fire analogy. I, I think uh, one of the things to bear in mind is that guess it's like when everyone else is fearful it's time to be bold and vice versa you know if everyone's uh, getting excited about property in the uk it normally means it's time to divest or, or at least not buy new stuff right so that's a wave but also if everyone's really bearish on the high street that the fact that Devonins has gone that that you could get yourself retail space in oxford street where cavendish house another big british brand or Devonins had their physical space those buildings i've cycled past them and they're, they're pretty much probably weren't used for a while they may be being used for something else now but that creates literally physically space for, for new brands. So it's actually a time to be very bullish on the high street, which is an interesting way of thinking about it. The other thing that strikes me is this, and, and related industry, and so I wouldn't say I was ever in the pop industry, but being a musician or former musician now, my wife's still a musician in London, that what happened in the record industry is fascinating because they were like two decades ahead of a lot of other industries, which is at one point you could make literally millions and millions from a record. Then it got to the point where, you know, the, the home delivered records, if you like, or recordings were all digital as they are now. And the economics of it flipped on its head. They used to go on physical tours in order to sell the records, which is the profit center. Now they sell, you know, Spotify downloads in order to drive people to go to the physical concerts, which is, I believe, for the right brands, now a massive profit center. So that's almost like what, what feels like it's happening in retail. I mean, is that it, how does the economics of this work? I mean, is, is that begins to happen in there or is, is the profit center still going to be online, do you think? No, I, I, yeah, well, look, 
there's there's a few things there. The first thing is that the the well, well, there's a there's a slight comp- complication because the online model has got uh, a quirk to it that's that makes it not as profitable as uh, it, it's always a problem, and that's returns. Okay, so if you ask any retailer that mm. goes on online, actually, not another reason that they that they like physical retail, although as we've spoken about in the past, it it's been expensive, but also there is a problem with 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 online that there is an expense to the model which makes it sometimes unprofitable and you 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 do see some of the big you know the big e-commerce players like asos and and some of those players have gone through periods of time where the returns have actually eaten into their profits so it's just something to again bear in mind when we say is is all the money going to be there now what's interesting is yes yeah, so what's interesting is if you now go and look into physical retail stores, as we can see, they you know loads of them have gone bust. Why they've gone bust? Because they're, they're, they're you're right, absolutely right. They're not they're not necessarily generating their profits. I think in the future, what you will see is actually have an amazing opportunity, physical uh, in, in a physical sense, for people to actually uh, uh, earn quite good money. And actually charge. I know that 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 may sound um, a bit crazy at the moment, but if you think about, I don't know if if you've been into at the moment Italy or somewhere like that. So some of these incredible, oh, it's it's amazing place by Liverpool Street Station. It's a it's more of a food market hall, but it's an incredible place where again, what we're talking about, you see food demonstrations, basically any Italian food, whether you want to eat it, buy it, and actually make it. Is all under this one roof. There's about forty of them around the world, but there are there is going to be an opportunity with physical retail to actually make money in physical ways where you actually charge people to come in. I know that sounds crazy, but that is something, yeah. and and uh, and and good money, and really yeah. good money. If you make the experience strong enough and immersive enough, and uh, people will pay for it. Hundred percent. There's always a market for things. It may just be very different drivers, right? And I think again to the point that you've really flagged up so strongly about the experience. It's always a good starting point is the word customer experience. But I mean, Amazon is obsessed with customer experience, so no wonder they're at the forefront of thinking about you know expanding out of the online stuff into the physical area. No. But what struck me about what you were just saying, I was just thinking, okay. That sounds like something, you know, I've got a Friday night coming up and my wife's saying to me, like, you never book anything, which is true. Typical entrepreneur spending my life, you know, trying to build a business obsessively. And it's, you know what, it's true. And my driver would be, oh my God, I need to do something interesting. And that's going to interest my wife. Now, suddenly the price point I'm comparing it would be with a decent restaurant meal, which in London with good wine might not be much of a change from a hundred pounds or a hundred and something bucks, depending where you go. But London, by the way, if you're listening from the States, not not a cheap place to eat. Don't come here for cheap food. It's good food, international food. It's not bad food unlike the the prejudice maybe but it's not cheap and then suddenly my price point for an inversive experience might be like 100 pounds whereas if i'm going to buy something from a shop around the corner like um whatever it's one called eat i think that they produce ready-made high-end food okay it's high-end but it's ready-made it's not a restaurant experience maybe that's 10 pounds so the price point in my mind is very different and again to the record industry you know radio was the thing that sold records but then so was physical concerts and and the same with football which i know nothing about really but 
and as an industry, it fascinates me. As, as a game, I have no, no interest particularly. I have, so don't leave my channel, people, if you're listening to me. But, you know, I know it's a religion in the UK. And, and by say football, American listeners will mean soccer. But nevertheless, okay, so you got the television rights and those count for a lot of money. But, you know, if they're charging 75, 80 pounds on the door, on the gates for premiership, so 100 bucks or euros, then suddenly the profit center shifts again, doesn't it? And I think you're right that there's a, if we are courageous enough to create an interesting experience, there's always money to be made if you're creating a premium experience and, and can really yeah. make it attractive to people to stick around with. It's a very interesting yeah. thought. Absolutely. I mean, you know, just as a... Slightly taking it aside, I was in Paris this week. However, I just think this is quite interesting. Now, I'm not, as I said, I didn't necessarily go there to go to an exhibition, but there was a there was a there was an art exhibition, and you know, I went I, I went in there because I was interested because it was it was connected with technology and it was a virtual you know a, a virtual art exhibition, pretty much like the Van Gogh exhibition, which I think is here at the moment. But I was shocked because you know the price was. When you talk about price point, price point was about where it, you know, where you would expect it was at twenty five euros or something like that. It was mobbed, and and literally it was, you know, it was it was Gaudi, and it it was images and technology and music, and as we're talking about all these, exp- you know, this experience, this one experience under one roof, and it just made me think, you know, that that that's what we're looking for. You know, it's not just. It, it, it's families. It, it, it's it's you know millennials, Gen Zs. It's families. It's it's all it, it's all manner of people. And I think that going back to the question that you asked me before, that you know is physical retail dead? But the people are looking. We are social animals. We are not. We want that. But we are going to be very fussy about what what gets us out the door now. So yeah, it, it's 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 very exciting times very exciting times. Excellent. Well, that really brings us neatly to talking about the services you offer because we ought to, to wrap this segment up. But you mentioned Neighbourhood, which is, it sounds like quite, neat, quite an intensive project you're doing. And so that's based physically in London. So tell us a little bit more about that. And if anyone wants to get involved, what they would do next. Yeah, so we're, we're, we're going to be in the uh, London area waiting for that to, to actually come through. But what we're looking for is a lot of, so these are, just to put a, a sort of a, a line in the sand on it, these are n- there are no recognised what I would call high street retail brands that will be involved. This is all direct to consumer. This is all you know brands that are on Instagram, brands that are on have it, obviously e-commerce sites. We see ourselves actually as a as a as a type of um, incubator as well, because we will be bringing unknown brands into you know into the realm of. of of the public and, and in very high profile areas and city centres. And people can, you know, people can get in touch with me. So anyone who's got a brand, not not just fashion, but a retail brand, could be electronics, could be fashion, could be beauty, could be, could be anything, sports where we're 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 interested in in really because it it's only the pilot in London that our, our plan is to roll it out to maybe 12, 8 to 12 um, city centres. So if people just want to literally get in touch with me, send send me an email, or you know, which which you have all our contact details, that would be very interesting. We can Great. talk. 
Sounds amazing. So just to be very clear, so that's based in, that's for people who want to try and do a sort of mini launch or sort of pop-up pop store type thing in London. And it's going to be in city centres. So that's UK as well, I'm presuming. Uh, not, oh, that's, not oh, yeah. That's only UK. Only UK, yeah. Okay. But I mean, so so for those who are UK based or, or want to kick off in the UK, uh, where would they go to? Is this Paul at Retail Insight? Or what, what's the email address? Yes, that's it. Paul, Paul at, at Retail Retail outside in dot outside in dot com outside in right. I'm going to make sure I get that. And the other thing is obviously, if you're based in the states, sorry that Paul can't help you directly, but there's probably somebody with the initiative to be doing something similar. I go and look for that kind of person. If they're not, then I suppose you could be truly entrepreneurial and set it up. But you better probably know about leases and physical retail, right? It's got to be quite a skill set that you've got to bring to this. I'm guessing. Um, so that's all very exciting. And then the other one is, of course, the retail outside in, which yeah. you've mentioned as your sort of training wing of stuff, really. So tell us a little bit more about what you want. Well, we're look, you know, if you're a retail and you're, you're, you're looking for a new challenge and you either want to set up on your own or upskill for a new role, members have access to all the events to be part of the WhatsApp community. There's a weekly Q&A. And we also have a specialist recruiter on board that that, that can help experienced retailers as well. You know, a, a lot of these people, a lot of experienced retailers will join retail outside in for the networking opportunities with access to the recruiter as well and access to all the masterclasses and events. We also work with the University of Westminster. So students working on their, we, we, we invite students as well because we have mentoring. We have something what we, that we call Friends of ROI, which is experienced we have six to eight experienced retailers who are sort of specifically friends of, of, of ROI who can support any, any students who are interested who want to come into ROI. Yeah, founders who want to, who, who want to sort of learn about what I call the retail revolution. Yeah, that sounds an exciting space and would be quite interesting to collide worlds between people who've got a lot of online marketing experience, have no experience of retail versus somebody who's got a 30-year veteran of the physical space and, and see what they cook up together, right? That's always yeah. interesting. So, And just to be clear again, is this just for UK people? Is it UK and Europe? Is it for Americans? No, is it international? How, how does it work? No, retail outside in, we've got members from Australia. We've got members from um, the US. We've got members from all over Europe um, and, and UK. No, you, you, it's, it's all online. All so, online, so very yeah. international. Interesting, yeah. isn't it, how it works? So you, you're doing, you're creating physical stuff just in London, but of course you, you're getting an online event to talk about people who want to physically sell, but physically sell all around the world. It's funny how talking about all bets are off, as you were saying before, the sort of channels that you're working in as well when it comes to this, yeah. the I way mean, business communities work has changed as well, hasn't it? Interesting. I'm, I'm just look. I'm I've been in retail for thirty years. I'm 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 so passionate about it because there's so much misunderstanding as there often is with these things. You know, because mm. it's in the press and it sells papers or it sell. You know, it it sells uh, digital pay, digital uh, copies. It's there's so much misunderstanding. There's so much out there. I'm passionate about it, and I want people to understand that the opportunities within retail are huge. You know, you just need a bit of vision. You need some support and that's what we're here for absolutely so uh, if you want to get access to that post just go to amazingfba.com forward slash retail outside in that's retail outside in and uh yeah paul like your passion's infectious i i can st suddenly the scales are falling from my eyes i can see lots of interesting possibilities in the area and and again like i i guess there are certain things i tend to shy away from dealing with factories and product developments one and then dealing with leases and property sounds quite scary so the fact that you're starting to make that side much easier for people to do is really exciting and you 
you're using your skills to enable other people to use their skills and what they do best. So exciting stuff. And just reminds me to say for this segment, anyway, thank you so much, Paul, for coming on to share your wisdom about uh, the retail revolution. Thank you for having me, Michael. I really appreciate it. Really appreciate the opportunity. Thanks for listening to the 10K Collective podcast for six and seven figure Amazon sellers. I really hope you found the show helpful to you. Please don't forget to subscribe to the show. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, please do leave us a quick star rating. It will take you all of 30 seconds to do it, but it does mean we can be found by and help many more e-commerce business builders. I wish you fast and profitable scaling, and I hope you enjoy the process of building your seven-figure Amazon business. Thanks very much for listening.